episode of Hashtag, um, a show for writers by writers. And um, basically what we're looking at to do with this show is um, showcase the craft of writing. Um, I hope to have a rotating panel of guests that will come on air and just hang out and talk about their hang-ups, what they enjoy about the craft of writing, things that they have to struggle with. And um, on this show, I'll have a co-host, Rob here. Introduce yourself, Rob. Hi, I'm Rob. I'm the amateur writer. I write for Zero Fortitude and Ideology of Madness, and for myself on the blog, um, the Pumpkin, the Pumpkin Society, over on Blogger. I tend to write a lot, but just for myself and for the strangers out there in internet land. You write a lot more than I do these days. Um, and since it's our first episode. I decided to avoid trying to gather a, a panel of guests and asked our third John Horner Jacobs to come on. John, uh, tell us about yourself. Um, I'm a novelist, and I've got a few books out. Um, I've been writing actively for not too long, but I've been very lucky to get published pretty quickly. I've got... Um, uh, three novels out right now and four more on the way. Five more on the way. Um, uh, the first one was called Southern Gods. The second was This Dark Earth. And the third is The Twelve-Fingered Boy. Next year I have two more coming out. Uh, one is coming out in the UK. We don't know where it's going to actually go yet in the States. But... Um, uh, hopefully somewhere good. I, 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 honestly, I have no idea where it's going to go, and um, that's that's about it. And that would be um, is that the, the the one you've been discussing on Twitter? Um, the Incorruptibles. That's right. Yeah, the Incorruptibles is the one that's going to be published in the UK by Galantz next year, and uh, we sold them world rights, so. Um, they have, they get to sell it to wherever they can sell it, and we don't know where that will be. Or, or they're being tight mouthed. They said they've had a few hits, and it's probably going to go, but they haven't told me with wh- where, when, how, who, what, whatever. Well, I'm sure you'll be parading it all over Twitter once. Uh, yes, it becomes more. Um, yes, I'll be. Pointed. I'll be whoring myself about on the Twitter with the news. Oh. Sashaying about, parading myself about. Hey, give me something to write about too, then. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the great thing about um the book. To, uh, what is that? The book depository dot com. Um, I can, you can order UK books off of there for, oh, and still get free shipping. Oh, that's great! I didn't know about that. I just cheat and use the Amazon UK site. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, but the book, the the book depository, they never charge shipping. Really? And, and their prices are comparable, not quite as low as um, Amazon, but they're they're I mean fairly comparable. Well, I mean if you're not paying shipping, it's average. Exactly, cost. it's still cheaper, right? 
I think I always want to say the book suppository, but I don't think that really works. <laughs> That's what I kept hearing. That would be painful. That would be painful. every time I, I say it, the, you know, it, I go towards suppository. Uh, ass fetish. Um, okay. Then uh, I guess we can move on to the topic at hand. Um, when I thought of when I thought, hey, I didn't say um. I just. <laughs> Paused. Uh, there went the um. When I thought of what I'd like to do for the first show, you know, I went through several ideas, setting up, you know, how do you set up characters and how do you build characters and setting and, you know, all the stuff involved in writing. But then I decided, well, for a published author, let's go back to the basics. I'm not going to ask you where you get your ideas. But I will ask, how do you decide if an idea is worthy to follow up on? Mm. Well, that's a really good question. I mean, it, actually, the, where do you get your ideas from is probably an easier question than that one. <laughs> um, are, are you asking me, right? Right. Okay. Um, so, you know, if you'll allow me just to do a little circuitous uh, talking. Um, the idea, well, for me, and I've said this before in panels, and I might have even said it on the last show that, that I was on with you guys, is mm-hmm. a lot of people, um, a lot of people like books because they're page turners and because they are quick and they they resemble the experience of being in a theater in a movie, you know, right? And some people even write books to like the three act structure. So that so that they are real, you know, pacey and they, you know, they want you to finish it in a short time. Like I sat down and I finished the book and that is great. And that that's. But I would like to suggest that. A, uh, so as a writer, my relationship to a work is, is a quite a long thing. I, I don't I can't crank out books in three months. And also, I want my reader's relationship to my work to be a little bit more than, like, three or four hours, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So, the ideas that I choose, and I hope I'm getting to the to the question you asked, the ideas I choose have to be something, because I'm going to spend a long time with this work, has to be something that interests me and sort of, you know, turns me on in some way. Um, I have to be... You know, because, and I've, I have a sort of a bad record of this in my career, is I've sort of genre jumped, genre jumped, genre jumped, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, where I, my first book is very horror. My second book might have zombies, but it's very much a, sort of a social science fiction sort of exercise. Right. My, my third one is a young adult. My fourth one is a, a fantasy. Sort of. I mean, you know, and and I, I'm creative, creatively restless. So um, the ideas I tend to choose are ones that are going to um, excite me long enough for me to see through to the end of the project. That was that's really the thing. I mean, um, I wish I was sort of the the writer that that I already was in uh, four books into a series. That would really be awesome. I'd probably have a different career path right now. But uh, unfortunately, um, 
I, I uh, it does not interest me. So I choose ideas that excite me in some form or fashion. And, and I've really learned a lot um, uh, having now finished a se- uh, the, the three books in my young adult series because, um, you know, I, I initially found the idea that excited me and wrote it. And then wh- what do you do the next book where well, you still have the same characters? So you have to find things that interest you about them for the second series. And, and as a writer, I want to try to do different things. I don't want to just sort of write the same book over and over. Um, but that's just me. I mean, God, I wish I could write the same book over and over, and because that's that's what a lot of readers want. They want the, you know, you, you pick up any sort of series that is really long-standing, and I'm thinking more along the lines of crime. And um, the readers have a sense of security, knowing that they're going to get the same experience. You know, so they come back to it again and again, and that's why series are more usually profitable. Well, and there, I, this may sound stupid, at least, but from uh, just listening to people that, like, read the series, like, I would say, um, the Dresden Files would, is one of those that qualify. Right. It is, you know what's going to go on with, with the story. You're not, this is going to sound harsh, you're not reading to see the plot, you're reading to see what how one or more characters changes over the course. You're not... Well, like in Dresden Falls, I read it, and I'll be the... I'll be booed for saying this, but I can't read them anymore. I got... I read so many of them that I just can't go back into that world and find an excitement in it. Uh, But it's, it's like episodic TV. You go to read it, it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to go watch this episode. And you read that, that story, and then the next one comes out, and it's a continuation. I mean, there's some character growth in the stories, but, you know, it, it's still tame compared to what you can do in a one-off novel because you can't go certain places with a series character. Well, uh, spoiler. Uh, that's why he kills Herrick. He's like, well, I don't have anything left. Why don't I can kill him? And then we can figure out what to do from there. I mean, and I know the the internet's kind of went crazy if you're in, if you read him, like, oh my god, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you don't obviously read any other genre of this type of urban fantasy because this, he's taking He's taking a, a, a safe way here because you you can kill your character. It's, it's your god here. You can do whatever you want. And most everybody else doesn't do that with the formula. That's, I mean, because it is a formula. That's That sounds harsh, doesn't it? Yeah, I haven't read changes. Um, well, I... I'm sorry, I spoke. No, but it, it's been long enough, and it's all over the internet. I already know what the the premise okay. is. Okay. Um, but all right. Um, well, I, I I've never read Dresden. Uh, I I normally stay away from um, big series unless there's it's obvious they're they're finished, and I can sort of get to the end. Fantasy's a different deal. Like you'll have you'll have multiple 
I'm not saying urban fantasy, but like epic fantasy, you know, there is some promise of a fulfillment, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it could be five books or whatever. I mean, it's moving towards some, it's like fictional teleology. Um, but I do think that, you know, for me, like I love Rex Stout. Uh, I love Nero Wolf novels. And for me, they are very much comfort food in the sense that it's a, I know what I'm gonna, I know what I can expect these things from a Rex Stout novel, a great narrator, uh, Nero Wolf acting like an asshole that's being a genius. And I know that it's just gonna follow these same, these same lines. And that's really wonderful. You know, that's a different sort of type of series where there's no expectation of at the end there is going to be some great, you know, uh, resolution of conflict. And 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 it, they just sort of go on interminably, but it's like you're, uh, uh, you know, it's like this are these wonderful little dramas, Arrested in Amber. Um, but yeah, so I choose. I usually choose the books I'm going to read, or, or I'm going to read or, or write um, on what about them excites me. What about them? Right. What 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 like what do I want to explore? Like how do I want to stretch my limited abilities you know because and, and, and see and i'll run into that uh, in my own writing i tend to write what if i go to the bookstore and I, i'm i'm browsing the shelves and I, I have an idea of something i'd like to read you know right. I, i'm looking for this type of book and i can't find it well that goes in my notebook okay well if i can't read it i want to write the book that i would like to read um, but that's the way to do it. Time, and, and a lot of times, my the ideas get so broad and out there that I feel ill prepared. I feel like it, it's beyond my reach. I feel like I'm just not good enough to grasp the full concept that I have in my head. Now, it's, I mean, this is, this may sound. Uh, Silly, but I'm like, because I, I had that idea. Like, I'm, what I'm write, writing currently for Ideology of Madness is, um, I call it's called Captain's Journey. It's, it's episodic. Like, and I try to have like at least a thousand words every Friday. Um, and I've fallen short a couple times, just missing a, a week. But, that's how I did it. Is that exactly that way? It's like, well, I like sci-fi, and I like these these ideas, and I'm like, can I write just based on that? And so I did. And then there's the there's the idea that I kind of threw in there, um, and I I don't know if I'm I don't think I'm handling it well, but I'm trying to do better because, well, hey, I have another Friday coming up. And I think mm-hmm. that's where I have a little bit more freedom in it that all all I have to write for right now is me and the site the the site owners. I mean, are they happy? And if they are, I'm fine. Uh, and they are. They haven't said anything. And I'm, I'm like, because I went ahead and I'm, I did, I made like my protagonist gay. And I'm like, okay, are you? And I, I even asked them before I did it because I'm. I should be Canadian. I'm so polite sometimes, hmm. um, and they were fine with it. And I and I did it cautiously, and, and because 
I guess I was worried. But I'm like... But that's a story you can relate to. Well, yeah, but or, it's, or, how do you make it Because, I mean, I, I, I couldn't... I, I mean, I, I'd be afraid to try to write a gay character because of how it would come off now to others. See, that would be... We need, we need Ed here because he did it, and he did it well. Um, and I... The, the the thing that like kills me with that is he's I mean he's not getting the, the accolades for that that I mean he should I mean right and I know I went had Kurtz oh yeah definitely oh I read I read that that novel yeah Wind of Knives I mean yeah when yes great he did a great job yeah and I'm like and I'm like I'm I'm a small voice out here in the internet wilderness, and I, I put it up, and I, I got it on one of my the, the sites because once again I'm like my voice is small. The, the sites I write for are louder than me, but they're still small. But they were like, sure, you can review that, and I did. And but you have to take the idea and run with it. I think okay. that's really uh, what it is. You just, just have to do it. All right, sticking with our, our theme, I'll ask you, Rob. As you're working on this episodic storyline, do you look ahead and plot or plan some of your story? Um, yes, to a certain extent. I have an idea where it's going, but I this is this may sound stupid, but as I start writing, I'll end up I'm like I don't like where it's going, and I'll delete the whole thing. And start over, and then I'll go to uh, I'll go someplace different. Um, like the recent one, um, the one I just put out today. I call it started out as um, another sort of escape thing. Um, they're on their ship getting off off the station, and I'm, I didn't like it, so I deleted it and I went back. And I I was like. I haven't been doing a good job of adding other characters and having them have a voice. Mm. So I I did it as, I, I called it Message in a Bottle, and I made it a, like, my main character, Jax, is like, sends a letter as they're running away to um, the, the the madam of the, like, the, 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 the big, uh, uh, basically bordello there on the station and and it, it gave me the ability to go hey he can I can just be as open as I want to be with the character and he can say I fucked up I'm sorry this is the best I can do I hope you'll forgive me without it actually being him doing it because then I just go look now she's going to do something with it and I, I just uh, just a pretty little thing where she's like fuck and then takes that and moves on. And it was like, oh, this doesn't work. And so I publish. And and will you, and on your next episode or two or three episodes down the road, will you do a callback where you go back to something that happened in that and use it as fodder for the next story? Yeah, yep, that's the that's the objective. That's so where I don't... You're not an answer? You're kind of a pantser when it comes to the story, right? Yes, because... But you, you, because it's episodic, 
you're able to write an episode and over the course of the next few episodes that you're writing, look back and go, oh, okay, well, I need to touch up on something I covered back here. Yep. Because that's how I am treating it. I mean, it's very much of this is long, long form in that I have plenty of time to do it, but I have to do it in small chunks. So that means I, I have to figure out how to kind of keep you for a thousand words without kind of fucking it up. I mean, it's, I don't, how do, how do you, how to say this? It's not like writing a novel. It's it's different. Oh, I, uh, I've tried episodic and I failed miserably because it, I, in in the process of writing episodic, I was trying to write a novel, and it doesn't work the same. No, no, I, it doesn't. It's I, I maybe this well this this might not sound right. It's kind of scarier to at least to me because I'm every every week it's out there for you to look at. Mm-hmm. And if I fuck it up or if there are mistakes, they're there. Right. Um, and I, I try to go back and edit later. And like, if I fix it, I'm like, I fix some stuff and, uh, feel free to go look, look back. And then I make sure on every episode, I, you, you have access to everything at the very top. Like if this is the last one, but if you want to go all the way back to the beginning, here it is. And you can start right. fresh. If you want to treat it as a, as a book, that's just not complete. Here you go, because right. I and it, it was for me. It's an exercise in you can do this, do it. Because I'm I have to like what John does. I'm terrified. I'm like right. sit down and not do it and just write and write and write and then like send it off. How do you do that? I've read Delilah's. Um, 25 steps, and it's, it's, it's like it's good a good objective, but it did require some intestinal fortitude there to do it, and, I, right. and that's what I'm building up. I'm like, I think the, my next step is going to be starting to look for at least freelance work. Mm-hmm. I'm already doing it for free. I have a portfolio for all intents and purposes, and now you you just go, hey, I don't know. Okay. does um, that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, writing uh, episodically has is, is got a really long tradition in uh, English literature. For me, it, it would be hard because if, if I was writing, uh, you know, you know I, I'm very much like, um, I can't really release anything until I know what the final story, the story is. Like, so if I was going to do anything episodically, I would have to have at least a first draft of the whole story and then release that because I, I, I don't know. I just, it's, I'm just not one of those writers, but you know, it comes, you know, there's a great tradition of it, like Dickens and, you know, the, you know, um, even from the pulps of the twenties and everything, there, there's this wonderful tradition of episodic writing. I would find myself being very much like stay tuned next week, you know, <laughs> you know, where, where I would be leaving it on a, a sort of a cliffhanger or cliffhanger whatever. Because you already know what's going to happen next. I, you know, well, I mean, I would write, you know, it would, it would color my writing. 
um, you know, the, the medium that it was being released. So I would, you know, definitely um, try to, you know, increase, you know, leave you hanging on a point of tension so that you'll, you, you'd want to check in the next week. Right. So I, I stay away from it just for that those reasons because you know writing episodically is a different beast than writing for like a novel that that no one's going to see until you're done. Um, right. How do you oh. how do you plot yours, John? Well, God that, damn! I wish I knew. I mean, <laughs> it's a uh, that's a hard that's a hard question and one I'm I'm grappling with. Um, you know, because I have books due. I have to. I had to plot out the last two of the uh, Twelve Finger Boy series. I had to really sort of sit down and say, "All right, here's what's going to happen," and write out outlines. And then I'm doing the same thing with my um, fantasy series. Um, but I would rather not have to do that. I'd rather just like have all the time in the world. I actually wrote a sort of a long blog post about the benefits of being unpublished, because when you're unpublished, you can you can explore every rabbit hole and you can make it as big as a story demands or not. But at this point, I'm very lucky to be where I am. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, you know, I'm very lucky to have contracts and books coming out from major publishers. It's just that in the time frame that they're, they want the books. I, it's not like I could write uh, a quarter of a million pages. I couldn't write the name of the wind or any of the George Martin books even if I wanted to, because I just don't have the time to do that. Um, unless I wrote like at a speed like some writers do. And I don't. I mean, I'm, I am more of a gestational writer. So you're not a Chuck Wendig 3000. Yeah, writer I was gang. thinking Chuck Wendig. Chuck, well, Chuck, Chuck Wendig is a fast writer, but you know, I talked to him this last weekend and he's <laughs> like, you know, I wish I, w- I didn't have to write this fast, but Chuck Wendig is, is a consummate professional. In the sense he that is. he's been um, he's been writing professionally for a long time, and he's just you know he, he, he you know he's been doing it for so long. I'm sort of new to this. I, I started writing seriously at National Novel Writing Month in 2007. So literally, I've been only really doing it for five years, and I don't have any of those work habits developed. So um, and I sort of go about things. Um, I don't want to sound pompous, and or, or, but there is um, Beethoven did what, what they call German, germinal motific construction, and I like to like sort of create motifs in my books that keep getting hit on and developed upon, and especially in a series because it's important. There is some sort of in one book you have the same sort of thematic right, beat right. that you have in the earlier books. And you have the character's growth, but something that anchors the reader to the character. So I try to do those sort of, you know, sort of germinal motifs that go through. And, and sometimes it's really hard. So I, I, I want to slow down in my writing. I, I really, and so that's one of the reasons why I'm going back and getting a job because I, you know, the pace that I, honestly they wanted me to put out books is just about nine, uh, book every nine months. Wow. I, I don't really want to do that. I, I want to take two years on the next one. I want to take five years. I, I want to write bigger books that are more ambitious in scope and more um, ambitious in theme and character. And, you know, and I, don't, I just can't do that. And, See, my, uh, yeah, my, my grand book is uh, the one I've been 
fiddling with for several years is an epic urban fantasy. Okay. Taking the, 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 the structure of an epic fantasy and moving it into the urban fantasy genre. I mean, just that, that, that broad spectrum of, well, um, epicness. Take it out of that. Yeah, exactly. It's very Take epic. Of, uh, yeah, epic Take it out of that, 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 that made-up world and throw it in, you know, downtown Atlanta and New York and just large, broad strokes. And But that's the book that I talk about when I say I don't feel like I'm good enough to do it. Well, you know, I, 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 I totally understand you. Like, my deal is, even though my books tend, are tending to get bigger and more like grander of scope, I, I really want to tell more intimate stories. I really, I re, you know, um, I don't know if you ever read A Magica. Do you guys like Clive Barker? Yes, yes, yes. But, um, uh, like, the, A Magica a, a begins, which is one of the best fantasies. I don't think people realize, but that, that is a pure fantasy. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. And it, and it begins with, with uh, him saying, you know, pretty much all the best stories or something like this. I can't recall. And uh, there are no such things as beginnings, only the endings of other things or something along that line. Is no. that the one that starts off with there is no true beginning or maybe, but I, I, I mean, I can go pull it off the shelf and read it, but um, it's something about three characters. So all, all you really need. And, and oh, right, 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 right. Characters. And with, the, with those three characters, you can tell any really story you want, you know, and so, I guess I, I'm, you know, it's funny, is, is I, I tend to try, I'm tending to move to bigger canvases, but trying to keep it more intimate. Like, I, this really is just the stories of, I mean, ultimately, like, at some point, I just, I, I might just do away with, I'm not saying I'm going to be literary or mainstream or anything, but do away with uh, so much of the trappings of speculative and just sort of focus on, uh, you know, humans in, in conflict with each other and in love with each other. and Well, in a way, that's what Claude Barker did when he moved to, um, I mean, something like Cold Heart Canyon. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it had very little <laughs> Excuse speculative um, trappings to it. You know, I mean, it, it was a, it, Cold Heart Canyon was a very intimate story. I agree with that. And I, I think, you know, the best stories are, I mean, I love speculative fiction, but, you know, I guess one of the, the stories I, that sort of, like like we were talking about, what stories you choose, the one that sort of keeps scratching at the surface of my consciousness is the story of a couple of kids um, in, I, I'm, I'm from Arkansas, and a lot of my books are set in Arkansas, and I'm fascinated. I'm horrified by Arkansas, and I'm disgusted, <laughs> but I'm also fascinated by it because I'm a product of it. So I'm also horrified and disgusted by myself in a lot of ways. <laughs> and, and not just like my physical form, because that is only temporary, but like my opinions and my feelings on things. Um, and um, the, the story that really uh, draws me is a story that I've already got a title for in a, a general plot, which is uh, set in World War II, and it's in a Japanese internment camp here in Arkansas called the 17-Year Cicada. And it's just about a boy that befriends, uh, you know, a, a, a 
a second generation Japanese boy, which would they call Nisei, um, befriending a half black girl. And so they're both on this sort of, they're both in these half worlds where the boy is not a first generation Japanese and, and, and he's really American, but he's in an internment camp. And a girl who's trapped in her skin by being half black in southern Arkansas. And so, you know, that's really the story I want to tell. And there's nothing actually speculative at all about it. And that's, that's really a story I would love to read. I mean, and that just that, that sounds that sounds really cool. But um, you know, I mean, but, but that's just the setup. I mean, I, I don't know how if if that's what I'll do yet. I mean, if a, one of my other books take off, I mean, I, I will write more along those lines. Don't get me wrong. Right. I am a. Uh, I will sell. I mean, it's something I will sell out. But you know. You do what pays um, the bills. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the, obje- the objective is to write something that allows, you, that gives you the freedom to write the other things you want. Right. Yeah. I, no, I, I I agree with that. I, you know, um, it's, it's a it's a weird it's a weird profession because it's creative, but you have to sort of deal with the market, and you write for yourself, but you have to write for other people, but not really, but sort of. You know. I, I, don't, I have nothing figured out. I'm just sort of fumbling at, you know, trying to make it work. Um, you know. well, and one of the things, like, because I, I pay attention to, I'm like, I, I, what I read, um, but I'm paying attention to like the the people out there that I follow, like in regards to how what they write, because it's like that whole. For me, inclusivity is a, is an issue, oh, yeah, and yeah. and one of the things that is kind of off putting there for like when I think of stories that I would like to write is you get a lot of people are like, well, if you don't like what's out there, write it yourself, and I get that argument because and I should, but there's this is going to sound horrible. Like, I'm not the professional writer. I'm going to try to be. Why not? Why is it bad not to add to ask the professional writers to try? I'm like, but uh, that's just me. That's just, I guess that's an aside for another episode. Um, well, I, I don't think that. I mean, I, I actually, I, I would like to talk about that. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Well, first off, I would like to just say you're a writer, not professional or not. I mean, you know, you have stories to tell. You'll tell them, right? Yeah. And, and, I, and I think, um, I, I, I mean, the fact that you might not have been paid bukus of money for them right now does not mean anything other than the fact that you, you can't join you know, Science Fiction Writers Association or whatever. That's that's it. I mean, you're a writer. I mean, you write. You do it. You do it assiduously. You do it regularly. I mean, that's all that really matters. Um, I I do think that if you're not seeing the stories uh, that you want to read, it's not that you have a duty to write them. It's that well, I think I think you should think about it like well, there's probably a lot of people who really are in this are just like you. Who want to read them, and you could you could fulfill uh, you could you know hit that sweet spot. I, I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people who want to read stories. You know, there's just been a whole thing going on about diversity in science fiction and mm-hmm. fantasy. Yeah. 
and and I, you know, it, it it really has you know hammered home to me how myopic I am. You know, I mean, as much as I I'd like to think I'm liberal and and I want to write stories about all sorts of ethnic groups and you know all I mean you know every the world should be my stage, but I tend to you know this very sort of narrow limited worldview. Which is usually either men, white men or women, or, but, or, or, or black men or women, which at least I have enough familiarity with, or at least I could fake it, or, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I can't ever, you know, I, that sounds bad, but I can't ever get all of it, you know, the, the totality right. of their experience, because I'm just some overfed white dude. I mean, you know, I'm very limited by what I can, um, describe and I, you know, I have to use my imagination. However, I will say this: that I, I feel like all, I feel like all, all experience is within my comprehension sometimes, and I can do my best when I'm sort of channeling and tapping into the collective unconscious or whatever it is to understand their plight and what they have to go through, or their strengths, their weaknesses, their you know, I mean, you know, our job as writers is to sort of commune with human nature, and that's, that's that is a that's a real struggle for for a lot of people who are who are myopic as I am. Um, I, I'm trying though. I mean, I'm aware of my limitations, and I'm trying, and I I don't know more which much more I can do. Um, well, and that's when I, I like sort of have conversations on Twitter. Like, uh, I, I know I told like Ed. I'm like, even if you get it wrong, the, the the thing is, you're trying, and and it still comes it comes across awesome. It it it, it he, he did a wonderful job, and it's like and it's it is a it's a process of hey, this person is trying to understand, and they did they did awesome. Why doesn't more people try? Well, see, and, and that's that's the thing, and I'm like. And that there are people that don't even think that, like, like you're saying, you you think about it, whereas there are plenty that don't. And the the funny thing is, like, I'm I'm a small minority, and the the, the big thing with the SF um, science fiction and fantasy has been like females, and I'm like, that's not a small minority, that's half, and yet they're under underrepresented, and I'm like, I. I don't know how to help you when I'm I'm a smaller minority. I'm tiny compared to you. And, and then if you you add black gay men to the mix, that's even a smaller minority of the SF. I mean, people of color with you know yeah. opposing sexualities as the norm, so to speak. I mean, and I, I stay on Twitter, and you know, I see all of this. And all I can think is when I'm working on a, a, a piece of writing and I have an idea, and we, we got to think about how many people we know on Twitter that we can turn to and say, okay, this is what I'm writing. How does it, does it come off demeaning? Does it come off as insulting? Or am I even close? Well, that's the, the point is, and I, and for me, especially now, like with your to bring it towards like plotting and ideas, is like you can have that idea, 
and you don't have to have it in a vacuum because, I mean, we're connected. We're not, we don't live in the same area, but we're, we're talking. And, um, one of the, like, really big proofs of this was, like, I just, I was at, um, Gen Con, the, the big gaming convention, and they had a uh, seminar there, um, called Queer as a Three-Sided Die. And, um, Paizo Publishing had the, the large representation on the panel, and they were talking you know, about how they try to be inclusive, and they don't, they don't claim to be experts, and so when they're, when they, they're like, we're gonna deal with this issue, like they recently had a, like adventures that they were, were that dealt with trans issues. So we know someone that, that does this. Uh, and so we reached out and said, hey, we need you to be an editor on this so that you can make sure that we're not fucking it up. And then they had her on that panel, Renee, and, and she's like, yeah, but, and that's what it's about. It's like, you should write it. You should just make sure you don't write it on your own because there's no reason to. You're not alone anymore. It's not like the writer that had to sit in the, the, the forest with his typewriter and then just send it out in the world. And right. I mean, does that make sense? No, no, that totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I got what you're saying. And I think that the, the fact that there's, there's a dialogue is very important. I mean, how, how much is it going to change? Well, I mean, I think it's, it's like, um, you know, it's, the change is coming. It might be, it might seem glacial arriving, but you know, I think everyone's, you know, I mean, it takes. Arms. Yeah, I mean, uh, it takes these conversations with you know, dense people like you and myself to, you know, to understand that that you know, it, it you know, every single conversation you have helps to bring a, um, a greater acceptance. And, and, um, because really most of the prejudices out there are based out of ignorance. You know, I mean, I, I mean, that's what I think that, that really once you get, once people understand that, that, that difference is really sort of, um, a, people's differences are really sort of strengthening and enlightening rather than demeaning or whatever, whatever preconceived notion they have, that we, we get, um, a little bit closer I mean, marginally closer to, you know, uh, acceptance. I, I hope so. And, and that's what I don't understand. Because at the end of the day, every single one of us are human, and we all, from the time we wake up through the day till we go to sleep, every day after that to the day we die, we all suffer the same human conditions. I mean, poor, rich, white, black, gay, straight, male, female, it's the same thing day after day. I mean, it's, it's just a matter of surviving and making it to the next day and, you know, taking care of those you love and, and just trying to, I mean, we're all just trying to fit in to another group who's also trying to fit in. And it shouldn't matter. It should not matter at all what color, what your sexuality is, what your gender is. None of that should matter because we're all going through the same thing. <laughs> well, I mean, 
I agree with that on a fun and uh, sort of an uh, uh, abstract level, but I mean, you know, do I have it as hard as people, you know, refugees in Darfur? No, I yeah. don't. Do I have it as hard as, uh, you know, a transsexual or, or, you know, of color? No, I don't. I mean, like, I can't even, I, you know, I think, well, good, I think a good. I, I, I understand that there's differences in what we can relate to. You know, I think we're heir to uh, one thing that, that everyone will die eventually. <laughs> and I mean, and, and along the way, we'll endure pain, and usually at other people's hands. Um, but how much of that, or little, or how much we're uh, inflicting on other people is really up for grabs. Um, well. I, I guess I will be the dissenter there in that, yes, we are human, but it is different. Um, because, like, that's the other thing I'm writing, is I'm writing my story. I mean, it's really, ba- it started with, like, how I've, like, made these lifestyle changes. But it's part and parcel, unlike, and this is, like, the scary part of that story, is I'm writing about me. I'm, it's, this isn't fantasy, this isn't fiction, I'm telling you my story. And as I've went along, I've gotten, I'm like, these are people that I I was, I didn't even know were reading it, and they're like, and they're like, I'm sorry. They've told me I'm sorry, and I'm like, I'm like, what? And they're like, well, I've said this, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, you did, and I think I just kind of like scabbed over it. And I'm like, well, I, and I'm like, I've had to go apology accepted and I didn't notice it at that point, but it's, I'm like, I'm fine. And then there have been points where I've had to sit down and just to go, hmm, am I okay with that? But uh, part of that is, I'm like, and this is gonna, this is, once again, I always feel like I sound stupid, but I'm no, also, <laughs> I'm, I'm, the story that I'm telling mine is a story they've not heard either. And I'm like, and it's kind of, I'm terrified, but I can't stop because I'm like, you should hear my story then. If you've not heard a story like this before, this is important because it isn't the same story that you get. It, it, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm human, but you, did you hide for 40 years? Did you, did, uh, I mean, have you been told you're going to die and run hell because of just who you are? And that was your, like, your family that told you. I mean, these are things that, and then, then you still have to kind of help out family because of it. Just, I mean, so it, it has that, yes, everybody's going to cause you pain because, well, they are. He's, John's right there. But, it's 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 different in the the how do you how do you put this i I also understand that i have i'm unique too that I can hide I can go back to hiding there's and you and you have that oh I have a choice I can go ahead and go I don't have to do this i can I can disappear amongst the the masses and you don't know i'm I can be that hidden minority. And I don't, because it's important that story that I'm writing keeps getting told, despite every time I sit down to write it, it's terrifying. 
Oh, I can understand that. I don't write any personal stuff on the internet. But I do feed on it. I use it when I'm writing. Well, yeah, you know, I find ways to work it into the fiction. And, and, and I mean, I've gone, I, I've dealt with a lot of my personal issues from growing up. But there are, it, it, it took meth, crystal meth to, to deal with it, but I got past it and I, I, I and now it's all fodder for my yeah. fiction. Let's say, and try to bring you back around to our original topic here. Yeah, I know. Because when I'm writing that, my personal story, plotting is still an issue. Um, because, um, and I, I went online to go, okay, this is where I'm at. I'm, I'm talking about this time period, but I want to deal with it now. How, I mean, and it's going to take two, like, sessions to deal with it. I'm like, what would you do? And then I've ended up, like, talking on Twitter with, um, Rita and Kristen, and they're like, do it. Don't worry about it being out, not chronologically, because you can most probably make it make sense. And then after bouncing it off them, I'm like, I can't. So I'm like, like John, John said, I'm a new writer. So I'm, I'm having, you have to go through those sort of growing pains where you got to trust your, yourself to just do it. And you have to kind of build up that, that confidence where you go, fuck it. We're going to do it, and then, and then kind of deal with it afterwards. Well, you know, here's the deal for all of us, every writer, me, I don't care who you are, you're hazarding a part of yourself because if, if you're writing, unless it's just some purely academic exercise, you are dredging up parts of your psyche and your, you know, Every character is an aspect of you. So, you know, and I guess this ties into what we were saying earlier. Like, I think it's important to write about, uh, uh, be diverse in your writing because, for example, all children are bisexual and they don't recognize race, really, you know. Mm -hmm. And we were that way at one time before social constructs got sort of calcified. So, in a way, when, when you're writing and you're being, and you have a, a broader spectrum of characters that you're, you're pl- not, not just playing with, but they're all aspects of you. They're all, they're all parts of you. And it's important that, that you, that you treat them with the honor that they need. And so, like when you were talking about plotting, I don't know if plotting is, is so important to me as it is that, that my characters act in ways that only my characters could act in that situation so that they are being true to themselves and consequently I'm being true to myself, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because well, bringing that up, when you're, work, when you're, when you're writing your story and Okay, you said the, the character has to be true to him or herself. Or they have to act in ways that, are, that only they could act. Right. When you're outlining or making notes or, you know, before you actually start doing the writing, do you know where those through lines fall? Do you know or, or is it the act of writing itself that brings those out? 
sometimes sometimes the whole thing changes um sometimes the whole thing changes on just a line being said um sometimes I know the end of the story. my first book i knew the knew the last image before I even knew what the um not the last image but the the climax is going to be before I even uh started the book because it was more of an intellectual thing um, I don't know if you've read my first book. But it was all about the sacrifice of a bull. I knew that that was going to be the the um, the climax because uh, it just happened that my character's name was Bull. So um, anyway, uh, and I knew the scene. I need some images I wanted to hit. Um, but now I'm writing books that are, are out, totally outlined, I, you know, and I just sort of fumbled toward that one toward that those images and sort of found them in the dark as it were but now i'm i'm writing more along um more more along a train track you know i've, I've plotted it out right. and i know what it's going to go by but if something happens you know and there during the course of the telling i have to make sure that i follow like i would be remiss in my duty if i did not sort of explore it at least enough to see if it's viable, you know. Sometimes it's like an epiphany, and sometimes it's like, oh, that's a great idea. That's really going to derail me. I need to just keep on going what I'm doing and keep that idea, you know, and sort of see if I can work it in. Or if it is like a you know, a cloud break, you know, and a deluge, it's like, okay, you have to change what you're doing, you know. Right. And you have to go and revise your whole, the rest of this book's outline. Because you know, I mean, you know, I, despite there being an outline, I can't be slavish to it, and I have right. to, I have to write the best book I can, and and that's the, that's my job, and that's your job as a writer. It's like you got to do the best job you can, otherwise you're you're not gonna get published, you know. Um, yeah. And everything's yeah. always gonna have flaws. It doesn't it doesn't matter. No, I get even embarrassed. People say like, oh, I read Southern Gods, and I'm like, oh right, oh shit, yeah, you read that, you know, um, like. Oh right, so you've seen all my flaws, right? Like in in print, <laughs> you know, because you know we make mistakes, and, and you know we you know, like I'm I'm just trying to figure it out. I you know I, I'm sort of like Rick McCammon in the sense that every everything I've written has gotten published pro, like professionally, so I'm sort of like learning out in public. You know, that's kind of funny. You don't have a trunk book as what. What everybody normally talks about. Oh, that first book that no one will ever get to see. You don't have that. That's well, awesome, I, though. That's kind of. You know, I did write something in college that was pretty long. I don't know how how long it was. I hope I hope it's been burnt or whatever. It was terrible. But um, I mean, I did write some stories in in college, but uh, and and one really long thing. Maybe it was a novella length. But uh, you know, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I never really took it seriously until I was about 37, and I'm only 32 now, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, um, but, uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, everything is out there for everyone to judge me by, which is... How often How often do you um, write short fiction? I mean, you, you talk about... Um, and I need to write, I need to write more of it just because it's, it's, it's the purest form of what we do. I mean, right. um... I really need to do more of it. I've got a whole list of like a, a I've got a, a whole 
notebook full of story ideas and, and whatever, but it's just like I'm working on I'm working on these books that I've I, you know right. I've been very I've been uh, very blessed. I'm an atheist, but whatever. I'm going to use that word anyway. Uh, um, I've been very blessed by the fact that my agent has sold like everything I've written and more. So about a year, a year, a little bit more than a year ago, we had we had sold eight books, only only four of which were written. And I just don't have time to write any stories. But I I, I love writing short stories. I, I'd like to get better at it. I'm not. I don't think I'm very good at it. Um. But I'm really good at people giving me, uh, like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's good at that. I I love that. I'm good when people say, you know what, I need a story about this. And if I'm interested in it, I'll go, great, I'll write that. If I'm not, I'll just be like, eh, eh, eh. As a professional writer now that I've got books out and I'm, you know, really getting paid for this stuff, I, I I don't get very invited to any short story stuff. I wish I did, but then I, you know, I, the things I but do. But you're not known as a short story writer. No, that's true. That's true. Well, I have a, I have some. I have a collection of four short stories out, and I've got a few more. Most of my short stories are crimey literary stuff that I'm not really because you know I can deal with a mood or something. You know, I, I I'm I'm sort of trying to. Figure out what I'm going to be stylistically when I grow up, you know. And, and uh, um, you know, I, I read the other night, or just on a side note, I read the other night to my daughter the um, the Diamond Necklace by Guy de Montpont or something like that, some French guy. But I read when I was a kid, Montpassant. That's right, Montpassant. And um, that's a perfect story. It's really just like. A perfect story. It's the perfect length. It's about 2,000, maybe 2,500 words. It's got revelations. It's got character growth. It's got this killer ending that's just like, wow. And I read it to my 12-year-old, and she was like, oh, my God. You know, like, this is the fucking most awesome story ever. It's so bad. Like, why would the author... And then she was like, why would the author be so cruel? I'm like, honey, it's... (laughs) You know, the author's job is, and I didn't say fuck, but the, job, the author's job is sort of fuck with you. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it, he's there to mess with your emotions, you know, or she is. And uh, it, you know, that's the sort of, you know, the um, the game we're playing is like we are um, messing with your emotions. Anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, I just I kind of hollered at Karina Cooper um, earlier this week, when I finished her Gilded, I'm like, oh, how dare you? You've torn my heart out. <laughs> She's like, ha ha. And I'm like, that's, that's not what I wanted to hear. No, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's the way to do it. It's like, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, and I think, you know, I'm guilty of this too. That's probably why a lot of authors are now, you know, you know, they'll, they'll, You'll get used to a character and they'll kill it off. They'll kill her, he or her, him or her off because they know, you know, that that can mess with you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, not just mess with you, but, you know, manipulate your emotions. Into- and, and, and it seems to me that there's an upsurge in short story writers these days. <laughs> ah, no, yeah, that I can, I can give you an answer. Is it's become viable again. Right, with online magazines. Well, magazines were dying. 
and there was no outlet, and then it became uh, not just self-published, but you could, well, actually self-publishing, Amazon, Kindle, you'd be like, oh, I can write a short story, and I can make some money off of it. Yeah, and you'll you'll make more than you'll you'll make more than you'd get, you know, subbing from some semi-pro mag. I mean, what are they gonna pay? They're gonna pay twenty-five bucks or whatever. Or, or yeah, yeah, an issue yeah. of a, a Kindle copy of the the issue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I, I'm not gonna say I made the mistake, but I I published a few short stories. You know, I, when I first started writing. I, I focused a lot on short stories, you know, trying because you know, really, that's where you learn your craft. The short stories, and you learn economy, and you learn getting it all right in, in fewer words. I mean, it's like, you know, it's um, it's a, it's 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 a higher art form, honestly, to me than than novel writing. And I'm not trying to belittle myself. I think I do something that a lot of people can't do. But um, because novels take a, there, there's you know they take a lot. I mean to to write a good novel, and I'm not saying that I've written good novels. I'm just saying I, I'm doing the best I can. That, that takes a different type type of discipline. But a great short story writer, some of the best, maybe like Laird Barron or Kelly Link or um, I mean Chekhov. I mean like great short short story writers. It's just an art unto itself, and I think it's probably the highest form of uh, prose. Um, yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a guy who's doing a lot on, what is it, Beto Pulp? I think he's on Beto Pulp quite a bit on the website. Um, Funk? What is his? Oh, Matthew, Matt, Matthew Funk is my... He is, man, he we, is. We share an agent. We share an agent. I actually he's have a... prolific when it comes to great short He's a fantastic short story writer. He is also a really good novelist. Um, he just hasn't hasn't got one in yet, but he will soon, I'm sure. Um, I, you know, I've got a short story on Beat to a Pulp, and it's mm-hmm. a crime. It's, it's more crimey. It's not. There's no speculative aspect. Um, uh, I have. I came. You know, it was weird when I first started writing. I was more sort of crimey. I was also the co. Founder of, of Needle. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so yeah, I, I also dip into crime quite a bit. Um, I follow a lot of crime writers as well. Um, so crime is an awesome know, genre, and it is. It, it is. It is really, you know, it, it, it is. It is one of those ones that you, one of those genres that you get to play with human nature a lot, and, and you get to sort of explore. But it still has all the action and the intrigue. And the, uh, yeah, yeah, I got two stories that I'm working on, hopefully to submit to Needle. Write them. It, That's what I'm going to say to you. Write them. Oh no, yeah, I'm, I got one that is. No, um, no. Write them. I am writing them. I know but, you, but um, you have but, that issue um, of just. Yeah. But you ain't got shit until they're done. I mean, exactly. You know how shit until you until you hit the end. And then you, but in my head, I see the story, and on the paper, it's not there yet. Well, <laughs> that, that that personal. No, I mean the the the, the that just no I, the intimacy. I'm totally with you. No, I, I don't mean I don't mean it's not on paper. I'm saying the the, the emotion and the, the 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 feeling. I haven't hit. I haven't found that. 
I haven't gotten the tone on the page on the page yet. Perfect is the enemy of done. That's true. Look, look, I, I don't, I can, I can just tell you this. Like every book, everything I've ever written, I had it, like in my mind's eye, there was an ideal of where it reached here. This is where it was, and and I never achieved that. I've never achieved like what I thought it should be. Um, but I've achieved it high enough where I, I was comfortable letting it go. You know, it's close enough for rock and roll and, and thinking next thing I'm going to get a little bit better. I'm going to do it better. I'm going to, I'm going to deal with these themes better. I'm going to like deal with language better. I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to deal with pacing better. I'm going to resolve the story in a, in a more satisfying way. Right. Uh, we're never, you're never going to get like, I mean, it's, it, but you have to just let it go. I mean, you have to be, you know, Writing is the, the weirdest thing. I mean, it, it is, um, you know, if you were a painter or a musician, it, it, you know, which are very similar endeavors, but the experiential part of those endeavors on the, on the audiences in are very short, short term, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You look at a painting or you hear a song, and the song might stick with you and hit in your ears, and that's why that's why earworms are popular because they have a longer sort of half life. And paintings, you know, once you view them, you might remember them, but there's nothing really there afterwards. But stories are different. I mean, you remember st- stories like a well done story; it sticks with you, doesn't it? I mean, oh, yeah. it, it, it remains with. You. You in some way, and it becomes part, you ingest part of that story. Yeah, we, uh, you can part of Weave, Weave World by Claude Parker is one of those books that 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 has stuck with me from the time I read it when it came out. Well, you take um, a story and you compare other things to it. If it's it, it's like everything. It's like like um, like you if you've read something and then you go see a movie and it's like oh that that's like this and you either it either matches up or falls short. Even and, at least and, based and on my opinion, stories are like movies that. always fall short if you compare them to novels. Obviously, you've never read the Two Towers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I've never. I, I have never read that trilogy. I cannot get out of Hobbiton. Or See, Hobbit there you go. Deal. Whatever. Go read Two Towers and then watch Two Towers and you'll go, thank God someone did the movie. Right. The movie's Man, awesome. I, you know, I'm, I'm just, you guys, you're, you're, you're killing me here. <laughs> because I love me some Lord of the Rings. That was I like can't my, read them. I can't uh, see, read I know, them. I love them. It's just, The Two Towers was, was my... I will say that the the or we're back to the movies. I will say that the only movies that are as good or better than the books are Silence of the Lambs. Yes. And um and what is the other one? I don't know. It's a close call. Godfather. I think Godfather probably as a movie is as good as the book, though there are some really great scenes that are admitted. But um I have the book. I bought it. I caught it at Goodwill the other day, and I still haven't had a chance to read. Have you ever read it? I haven't read Godfather. It's it's a fantastic book. It's good. Yeah, I, I highly recommend reading it. Yeah. Also, I really like Fools Die by Mario Puzo, which is a totally it's not not in Godfather world. It's about a degenerate gambler 
And uh, it's, it, I really enjoyed that one. And the Sicilian shit. The Sicilian's great. A lot of people. It's it's like it's like a fable. It's like a you know a, a organized crime fable. It's mm. wonderful. I'm working on an organized crime zombie story in my notebook also. Are are, are the zombies organized crime or no? The, the, it's 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 organized crime dealing with a zombie apocalypse. Awesome. That's that's interesting. I like that. I, I will idea. not. Then I will not recommend you watch La Horde, which is a French film, but it is a fantastic film. What's it called? La Horde. La Horde. I don't know how the French pronounce it, but um, it is on Netflix. But you don't want to watch it because you're doing you're doing your own story. But it yeah. deals with some of those same things. I'll finish mine and then watch the movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you should. That's the way you should do it. Yeah. Now we are. Yeah, I think we're about at. Uh, we are. Yeah, we're over our 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 length that we hoped for because well, we are well, verbose. Yeah. Um, so, we'll, so we'll we'll call it uh, we'll call it done for this episode and um, time of death. Yeah. <laughs> and where can everybody find everybody? We'll start with John. Where can people find you? You can find me online uh, on the Twitters at John Horner, and Horner is spelled H-O-R-N-O-R. Or you can find me at my website, John Hornor Jacobs, and that's J-O-H-N-H-O-R-N-O-R-J-C-O-B-S.com. Okay. From there, I will try to sell you various things. You can find me on Twitter at uh, GrimGaroth. I am also on the internet at um, ideologyofmadness.com, where I write at least once a week reviews and stories. I'm also on 042.com, where I write reviews and soon will be writing stories and other things. I have my uh, own blog at um, thepumpkinsociety.blogspot.com where I'm writing my own story about me. Um, and I'm on the Google Pluses at Rob Hall. Um, that's me. All right. And you can find me at Mr. Mike myself on Twitter. Uh, my website is michaeldwoods.com. Um, there's not a lot there. Uh, I've neglected the blog. But through this show, I hope to build upon it because I would at some point, I hope to, um, <laughs> what? I hope to start doing um, writer prompts or story prompts for the show. Um, and other than that, um, Hopefully you'll catch us uh, every other week here on YouTube and Google Plus Hangouts. And we are out.